Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. A little bit of news to pass along. We'll get into the Tyreek Hill uh, tease that I had here momentarily. This comes from Matt Verderam of Fansided.com. He says, with training camp less than two weeks away, the Chiefs and Chris Jones have not made progress on an extension to this point per sources. Somebody asked him, is this still a money issue? He said, yes, it is always about the money. So a little bit of news there. I still don't anticipate an extended holdout for Chris Jones. He has a deadline of August 6th. So he's going to be at camp, but camp officially starts on July 26th, I believe is the first day of training camp. So we've got about two weeks until camp starts two weeks from yesterday until camp starts I bet you he reports August 5th or the 6th that would be my guess I bet you that's when he ultimately ends up reporting and then I still think an extension gets done with him but the longer this goes on the more hesitant I am to say that the longer this goes on the more I think maybe that's not going to get done this year but there's still plenty of time to do that Coming up here in just about 10 minutes or so, ESPN placed the over-under on how many MVPs Patrick Mahomes is going to win in his career. Placed the over-under at two and a half. Kramer, how many players in the history of the league do you think have won more than two MVPs in their career? Um, I want to say 10. How about five? Five, wow. The list of players that have won more than two MVPs. Peyton Manning, Jim Brown, Johnny Unitas, Tom Brady, Brett Favre. ESPN said the over-under at that. They said the over-under at Patrick Mahomes going to be one of the five best players in the history of the league. So we'll get into that coming up here in just about 10 minutes. But right now, speaking of contract extensions, if the Chiefs are going to do one with Tyreek Hill, they need to get this question answered. This is the question that ultimately they need to figure out the answer to. And you guys can get involved. It's Protein LC with a purpose. X969306. You go. You can always give me a call at 913-576-7610. Does signing up for Tyreek Hill mean that the Chiefs are signing up for his relationship with Crystal Espinal? Because if it does, I don't think you can re-sign him. It sounds like Tyreek's about to have a custody battle. It was reported yesterday by TMZ and the Kansas City Star that Crystal Espinal gave birth to twins earlier this month. We knew that. She filed new court documents, this is the news, demanding sole custody of the twins and for Tyreek Hill to pay child support for those twins. The documents also request that Hill only be allowed to have supervised visit. She's also demanding a paternity test to prove that Tyreek is the father. That is typical in these kinds of cases. She noted in the documents that she and Tyreek, quote, are not married, have never been married, and do not intend to be married. That was the part that I found interesting. Because it was his... It was his fiance. Him and Crystal Espinal were engaged. Now, they might not have been married. They were never married, but they did intend to be married. That was the plan. Otherwise, I'm not sure why somebody gives another person a ring. 
Typically, when one man gives one woman a ring, the intention behind that ring is pretty clear. The intention is typically we're eventually going to get married. Now, apparently that's changed, and I can understand there's been some other stuff going on in this relationship, so I can understand if things change a little bit over the course of the last few months. But I do find it really interesting that she now says they do not intend to be married. And it brings up the question of, okay, then what is this relationship going to be moving forward? Because if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, let's say this ends up being a two to four game suspension, which is what kind of all of us are expecting at this point for Tyreek Hill. The question then becomes, should we re-sign him? And I think you can make a case that the answer to that question is yes. I could listen to that case. The problem is, and this is where the question comes in, if you do re-sign him, does Crystal just go away? Because for the first three years of his career here in Kansas City, no issues that we know of. No issues whatsoever. But the last time that he and Crystal were together, there were issues. It ultimately led to him taking the plea deal. Now she comes back into the picture. About I believe it was about September or something like that. Kansas City Star reported that. It was last football season at some point. And within six months... Issues appear again, all of a sudden, in Tyreek Hill's life. I'm not suggesting, and I I want to make this very clear, I'm not suggesting that she is the problem here. I don't know. I'm not suggesting she is or is not. I'm just saying we don't know what the issue is, but it seems like every time these two get together, it's oil and water, it doesn't mix, something happens. So, if you're the Chiefs, you need to know, and I'm not sure how you can answer this honestly, but you need to know... If you're signing Tyreek Hill long-term, does it also mean you're signing up for the issues with Crystal Espinall long-term? Here's what Therese Paler had to say about this earlier this week on the drive. She moved here, and then this happened. So prior to, like, her moving here, you didn't hear a whole lot about him, right? So, like, I I definitely think that there's a – and I I say that because I, I think that there has been a reality in a world where those two have lived apart and, like, you can, like, if you're the Chiefs, you could sell yourself on maybe there won't be another instance flaring up. And that's what you got to hope for. But all you can do at this point, in my opinion, is hope. If you're the Chiefs, how can you possibly know that they're not going to be together in any capacity moving forward? How could you possibly make that assumption? Because in 2014, if, Kramer, I told you in 2014, hey, Tyreek Hill and Crystal Espinal, this just happened. He just pled guilty to this. He's now moving to West Alabama, but two years from now, he's going to be drafted into the NFL. Do you think these two end up together again? What would your answer have been? No. Of course not. No way. Why would anybody, like, for either side, this is very clearly a bad relationship from both parties' perspective. It's bad for Tyreek. It's bad for Crystal. It's a bad situation for the child to be placed in. This is not good for anybody involved that they are together. And so four year, three years later, they're together. And so what, what am I supposed to take that as? Like, I, I just, I don't know if you're the Chiefs, how you could possibly sell yourself and convince yourself that if you sign up for this, you know for a fact that Crystal Espinal is not going to be a part of his life moving forward. Because he's, it's very clear, for better or worse, Tyreek Hill was in love with this woman. Otherwise, there's no reason why they would be together right now. We were talking about this earlier this week on The Drive. And Carrington asked a a fair question. 
why is he with her? Like, it, let's assume his story's true. Let's assume that what he is saying, and I'm just making this for the assumption as kind of a prerequisite for the for the discussion. Let's assume that he believes, and he's right, that he did nothing wrong. Let's assume that. Then why in the world would you go back with this woman? Why? There is only one answer. Because you can't fight emotion with logic. There is no logical explanation for that. It's only emotional. And so the emotion would be, he's in love with her. And that's perfectly fine. A lot of us have friends that are with a girl that we've all said, man, that girl's bad news. That is not a good idea. It's not going to end well for anybody involved. And that includes you. And that includes our friend group because this is not going to go well for us either. Every one of us has a friend. All of you right now in your cars are listening and you're thinking that whoever that friend is, you know exactly who it is. He or she is with a guy or a girl who you say, this isn't going to end well. This is a bad idea. You've texted him about it. You've told him about it. We all know this ain't ending well. And it doesn't end well. Every time. You can see it coming. It's like the train that the car is sitting in the middle of the tracks and the train can't stop and it hits the car. We know where this goes. It doesn't end up well. And for whatever reason, Tyreek Hill came back. He went back to that relationship. And so if you're the Chiefs, you have to ask yourself if that's going to happen again. You have to ask yourself, are we convinced? Do we know for certain that this is done? And I don't know how the answer to that question can be yes. But based on the answer to that question, based on whatever the Chiefs sell themselves, whatever they convince themselves of in that question, it could have large-ranging consequences. Does it mean Chris Jones is more likely to be extended if Tyreek Hill is not? Does that mean it's even a bigger reason why Chiefs fans should be rooting for a huge year out of Sammy Watkins? Because if the Chiefs don't extend Tyreek Hill, let's say they don't extend him, Sammy Watkins might be the number one receiver on the team next year. That's possible. So if they don't extend him, you should be rooting for a big year out of Sammy Watkins, whether that be because you want him to trade him or whether that be because you think that Sammy Watkins needs to be the answer for you next year. That would mean you need a big year out of him this year. The other thing that it would mean, and I think most Chiefs fans would be okay with this, it would mean that it's an even bigger reason why we need Patrick Mahomes here in the city to not only be great, he can't just be Phillip Rivers or Matt Ryan or the whoever you think is like the fifth best quarterback in the league. He can't be that moving forward. If Tyreek Hill is not on the team moving forward, he can't be just that. He needs to be among the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. And that's in play. He just had the best first year as a starter in the history of the NFL, arguably. So it's possible that that's what he is. But if Tyreek Hill's not here long-term, he has to be that for them to ultimately reach the ceiling of what we think they can be. So this question needs to be answered before they can decide on whether or not to re-sign Tyreek Hill. And the answer to the question has so many long range, wide-ranging consequences as to how you build this team and what Chiefs fans need to be rooting for in 2019. Coming up here in just about 20 minutes or so, the Kansas City Stars editorial board had some thoughts about Tyreek Hill. I disagreed with their thoughts. And I've also been very uncomfortable with the way that some others have responded to those thoughts. We'll get into that coming up at 1130. But coming up next, ESPN placed the over-under on how many MVPs Patrick Mahomes is going to win in his career. I mentioned he might be one of the best players in the history of the NFL. 
ESPN apparently thinks he's going to be one of the best players in the history of the NFL. We'll get to it next. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. The leadoff with Brandon Kylie, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. Kramer on the other side of the glass. Coming up here in just about 10 minutes or so, the KC Stars editorial board put together a piece that I vehemently disagreed with. And somehow I disagreed with the people who disagreed with it even more than I disagreed with the Kansas City Stars. So we'll get into that coming up here in just about 10 minutes or so. But right now, Kramer, have you seen this video that's going around Twitter right now of Patrick Mahomes throwing the football out of the stadium? Yes, and I was like, first reaction to it, that's insane. Well, yes. Yes, I think that's everybody's first reaction. The second reaction is there's no way that's real, right? Like, so for anybody who hasn't seen this, KCTV5 put out a video of Patrick Mahomes. He's, it appears that this is some kind of like media event, right? Over the course of a day, sometime this summer. And Patrick Mahomes is standing there and he like, he revs up, takes a step and he shoots the ball up into the air and over Arrowhead Stadium onto the concourse. There's no way that's real, but also I wonder if that's real. I don't know the answer to the question. It feels like it can't be real, but also it almost has to be real. I, I don't know what to make of it, but it's insane. There's got there's no way that's real, right? Right? I mean, Uncle Rico could throw it over the mountain, so I mean... It, it could honestly be because the way that it's all set up and situated, I mean, it's not like it's a, a straight, you have to throw it straight up in the air. It's, it's angled. Yeah, that's the thing is like I've I've arrived at a place where 99% of the time I would see that video and I'd be like, oh, that's clearly fake. Like that, that, That's very clearly fake. Like they, they had a football that somebody like just tossed out, right? And so we have no idea where the actual football went, but that was a separate football and they just like hew down onto that football and it appears – that it landed there. Patrick Mahomes has such an overwhelmingly strong arm that I've, I, I, I kind of believe that it's true or I want to believe that it's true. It's one of those two, and I can't decide what it is exactly. But if Patrick Mahomes can actually throw it out of the stadium, that is one hell of an accomplishment. Like, I don't know how much that helps you on the field. Maybe not at all. But that would be one of the strongest arms we've ever seen in football. Not that that's surprising to anybody. It was just, I can't, be, I, I have a hard time believing that it's real. And also I have a hard time believing that it's not. Like, on one hand, I don't, I don't believe that it's real. On the other hand, convince me it's not. I don't know. I don't know which way it goes. But it was, it's an unbelievable video. I'll go ahead and retweet it. I'm at BK Sports Talk on Twitter if you haven't seen it. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, ESPN put together their over-under on how many MVPs Patrick Mahomes is going to win over the course of his NFL career. They set the over-under at two and a half. Now, for some Chiefs fans, that might sound low. But let me put a little context on this as to why it is not low. The only players in the history of the NFL to win at least three MVPs are Peyton Manning, Jim Brown, Johnny Unitas, Tom Brady, and Brett Favre. You can argue that is five of the seven or eight best players in the history of the league. I'll listen to the argument. Two of the six NFL insiders for ESPN. These are not guys that are blowhards. that don't know anything about football. No, these are well-respected NFL insiders. 
took the over on two and a half MVPs. One of them was Matt Bowen, who is a former NFL player, now turned analyst, who said he believes that Patrick Mahomes will win more than two and a half MVPs. So he thinks he'll win three or more MVPs. I think I've arrived at the place where I'm leaning towards the over. I know it sounds absurd, but if you look back at the quarterbacks that have done this, they're in offenses where they're going to be able to put up big numbers almost every year, and they're overwhelmingly great in some way. Peyton Manning was an unbelievable player who also every year put up big numbers. Brett Favre, same thing. Tom Brady, his teams have been so great, and he's with a coach that's so good that he's consistently on the best team in the league. And so there are certain years where it's just like, that guy's the best player on the best team. Give it to Tom Brady. Like, this is the obvious one. The one argument against it, and I'm not even sure yet if it's an argument against it, is Aaron Rodgers. Because Aaron Rodgers started his career in a way that was similar to Patrick Mahomes in terms of just, like, taking the league by storm right away. He's only won two MVPs in his career. Now, the reason why I'm not sure it's actually an argument against Patrick Mahomes is because I'm not sure I would bet against Aaron Rodgers winning another before he's done. I'm not saying he will for certain. I think it's in play, though. I think if I were to look at the uh, the MVP odds this year and, and, and make a bet, if I'm not betting on Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP this year, I'd probably bet on Aaron Rodgers to win it this year. New coach, new system, probably refreshed healthy for the first time in a few years, I would probably bet on Aaron Rodgers to win the MVP this year if I wasn't betting on Patrick Mahomes. That would be his third. And so if I think he can have a similar career arc to what Aaron Rodgers has had, that would get him to three. I don't think it's crazy right now to say Patrick Mahomes very well could win at least three MVPs over the course of his career. And that would put him in elite company, like Peyton Manning, Jim Brown, Johnny Unitas, Tom Brady, and Brett Favre. Only four quarterbacks have ever done this. So it is not a slight to say only three. He's got one under his belt. He's 23 years old. So basically what I'm asking you is this. Based on the way the quarterbacks are playing now, do you think over the next 20 years, Patrick Mahomes can win two MVPs? Kramer, do you think he can? I think he can easily get a three. I really do. Three more on top of what he has right now? Yes. So four total? Four total. It's not crazy. It's it's not crazy to say. He just had a Dan Marino-type first year, and I think that is the one concern. If you're looking at this from the critics' perspective, you would say what he just did will be the best year of his career. And the other thing that could happen, this has happened to other quarterbacks. The other thing that could happen is the voters say he set the bar so high for himself that it's going to be hard to reach that bar again. And so when you look at the way that this is voted on, and you look at the fact that Drew Brees has zero MVPs, which seems absurd, but he somehow has not won an MVP in his career. Drew Brees is the guy that every year throws for 5,000 yards, every year throws for 35-plus touchdowns, and every year it's just more of the same from him. And so from Patrick Mahomes, if next year he throws 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns, he might be the best quarterback in the league, and nobody will vote for him for MVP because it set, he set the bar for himself so high that it's difficult for him to make it back to that bar, to clear that bar again moving forward. And that that's that would be the difficult thing for Patrick Mahomes. Is he's got, He set the bar at such an unbelievable level for himself 
in the first year of being a starter that it's going to be hard to match it. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. Kramer on the other side of the glass. The Protein House Eat with a Purpose text line is 69306. Coming up at noon, we will hand things over to Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. So I was reading NFL.com the other day, and they put together a piece on the superstars of the NFL. They went through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and then they had defensive end and safety as the other two positions that they did for superstars in the league. I'm not sure why they didn't do anything for corner, but neither here nor there. That certainly wouldn't impact the Chiefs. I can tell you right now, Chiefs don't have a superstar at corner. The other place that I would say probably should have done D-tackle, Chris Jones would certainly be on that list. But I found it really interesting because at quarterback, no question. Patrick Mahomes, he's a superstar. He, he deserves to be on this list. Running back, they did not have any Chiefs, which makes sense. Wide receiver, no Chiefs. Tyreek Hill, not included among the superstars in the NFL. Here's the list that they had. Devontae Adams, Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Juju, and Michael Thomas. So the way that they do this, they say every year you can only have a certain number of players in the Superstar Club. And to be able to put somebody new in, you got to take somebody that was in the club out of the club, which makes sense. If you're adding a new superstar, you got to take somebody out of that group. They added Juju this year and left out Tyreek Hill. I think I would take out, it's a tough list, but I would probably take out, if we're looking at this list, Devontae Adams for Tyreek Hill. I think Devontae Adams is a really good player. I would probably have Tyreek Hill ranked above him right now. I think you could make an argument for Antonio Brown. I think right now, if you're looking at who would you rather have for 2019, I'd rather have Tyreek Hill than Antonio Brown. At tight end, no question, Travis Kelsey obviously involved in this. There were no edge rushers for the Chiefs involved in this. And at safety, another interesting one. No Chiefs on the list. But the reason why, as I mentioned, you got to take somebody out to put somebody in. They put Jamal Adams into the list this year, along with Kevin Byard, Eddie Jackson, Derwin James, and Earl Thomas. They took out Tyron Matthew, which is interesting. Because I think here in Kansas City, we're anticipating that we're going to see the best of Tyron Matthews' career right here this year. They said in the in the piece, they think he hasn't been the same guy over the last few years. We'll see. I would just say, this is something that we've heard elsewhere. In Houston, people were not as high on him as we are here locally in Kansas City. He's now two years removed from ACL surgery, so he very well could have one of the better years of his career. That's when he had his last great season in his career, was two years removed from ACL surgery. But I do think we might have gotten a little over our skis when it comes to expectations for Tyron Matthew. I think he's going to be good. I'm not sure he's a top five safety in the NFL the way that some have made him out to be. So the Chiefs' uh, only superstar right now only superstars, there's only two, according to NFL.com, are Mahomes and Kelsey. I would add Tyree Kill to that list. I would add Chris Jones to that list. I think that would be it. If I'm going to add somebody after the season, I think it would be Frank Clark. I think Frank Clark's got a chance to be added to this list after the year. But as of today, I think they have three superstars, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyree Kill. Coming up here in just about 15 minutes or so, Bubba Starling 
needs to be celebrated for what happened last night. And I have a personal connection with his story. We'll get into that coming up here in just about 15 minutes or so. But coming up next, I want to take your calls. 913-576-7610. Because the Kansas City's editorial board had some thoughts on Tyreek Hill. It got a lot of play on the interwebs. I was very uncomfortable with the way that people reacted to it. We'll discuss it next. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. The leadoff with Brandon Kiley, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kiley. Kramer on the other side of the glass. Coming up here in just about 10 minutes. Bubba Starling should be celebrated for what he was able to accomplish yesterday. And I have a personal connection with his story. We'll get into that coming up here in just about 10 minutes. Plus, Mike Vrabel really wants to win a Super Bowl. I'll tell you about that coming up here in 10 minutes or so. And we'll hand things off to Dusty Likens and Nick Price. They're coming up at noon right here on 610 Sports Radio. Right now, it is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. Like I said, I'm Brandon Kiley. He is Kramer, the protein house. Eat with a purpose text line is 69306. And the phone line to get involved in the show is 913-576-7610. So, yesterday, the Kansas City editorial board wrote a story, and the headline was that, if anything, the Tyreek Hill full audio makes him look worse, not better. It didn't make very many people happy. I'll read a couple of quotes from the story because I will say up front, I don't agree with their assessment. I mentioned earlier, I thought that the number one thing that I took away from what um, was said in those in that audio clip that we released earlier this week is that I, for the first time, questioned what happened in 2014. I questioned it to the point where I don't know what happened in 2014. Previously, I just assumed we did know what happened in 2014. But this is from the editorial board. Quote, if anything, the fact that Hill says now that he didn't punch or choke Espinal in 2014 makes him look worse rather than better. He pleaded guilty to those charges, publicly apologized, went through extensive therapy, and declared himself reformed after uh, probation. If he's now back to saying none of those things ever happened, that's not just a lie, but a worrying one, end quote. That is the first quote from the editorial board. Here's another. Quote, to the rest of us who are intent on seeing, to the rest of you, rather, who are intent on seeing Hill as the victim, KCTV5 is a villain for not immediately releasing the full tape and Espinal as a manipulator for wanting evidence to back her up in court, we would suggest that you read on the well-researched, we, we would suggest some reading on the well-researched subject of abuse. But why, when you seem to prefer not to know, end quote. So basically, the Star's editorial board's opinion on the matter is Tyree Kill denying that he did anything in 2014 is a problem. I will say this. If he did it, they're not wrong. And I don't know the answer to that question of if he did it or not. I don't. And if he did, and I, I, I made this comparison earlier, it's, it's not a one-to-one comparison because what happened here is not what happened 25 years ago. But, I do think it's important to at least bring up and to mention because I was talking to my buddy about this the other day and we were talking about, you know, how should we handle this? Because the, it's not an easy conversation to, for anybody to have. 
because you can step in things, you can say things that maybe don't sound right. Like, it's a difficult conversation to have in general. And so I was talking to him about kind of some of my thoughts on the story. And I told him, like, listen, it's the first time that I've really considered the possibility that 2014 went down differently than what the plea deal says. And he was like, listen, one thing that I would say is nobody believed that OJ was doing anything until it was too late. And by the time anybody believed it, his wife at the time was gone. And I'm not suggesting that that's what's going to happen here. I'm not at all. I want to be very clear. I'm not suggesting that. But what I am suggesting is that when he said that, it took me back a second because I was like, there's some truth to that. Like, we don't know what happened that night. And if Tyreek Hill did do it, and now he's denying it five years later, it is a problem. And it could be a sign of something problematic. It could be a sign that this is something that is bigger than just one issue for him. And so from that perspective, I do understand to an extent what they're saying when they say, if anything, the fact that Hill now says he didn't hit or punt or or choke Espinal in 2014 makes him look worse rather than better. I do understand that part from that perspective. What I have an issue with is saying that as if we know that he did it in 2014. Because now, after hearing the audio, I don't feel like I can say that with 100% certainty. I don't. Maybe you, the listener in the audience, feel that way. Maybe the star still feels that way. And it changed nothing for them. And I can understand that. For a lot of people, it didn't change anything. And that's perfectly fine. But for me, personally, when I heard the audio for the first time, the full audio, it did change a little bit for me. It changed it to the point where I don't feel like I can now make definitive statements that that's exactly what happened in 2014. And I say that in either direction. I don't feel confident that I can say Tyreek Hill did nothing in 2014. I also don't feel confident in saying, without question, Tyreek Hill punched and choked a pregnant woman in 2014. I don't know. I just don't know. The other thing that I would say that I do actually agree with is that people have now become intense on seeing Tyree Kill as the victim, KCTV5 as a villain, and the Kansas City Star as something of a villain as well, in that people are very mad at KCTV5 and now want everybody fired. And this has become a common restraint or common thing on the internet, specifically on Twitter over the last week or so here in Kansas City, really the last month or so here in Kansas City, if we're being honest. It did end up losing somebody else's job. Um... We can't just always call for people's jobs if they say something that we disagree with. Now, listen, I will say specifically, I think KCTV5 did a poor job in this situation. I think they should have released the full audio. I think they were wrong in not doing so. I also think that the interview that their news director did earlier this week on the locker room show was not good. It was not good. And so I disagree with the way that they handled all of this from start to finish. That doesn't mean they should be fired. I disagree with the assessment that the Kansas City Star had and their editorial board with the way that they made an assessment on this situation. I disagree with it. That doesn't mean that everybody at the Star should be fired or that I want people to stop subscribing to the Kansas City Star because they said something I disagree with. You know who I disagree with? I disagree with Dusty Likens sometimes. I disagree with Carrington Harrison a lot. I disagree with Ron the Show Hughley. I disagree with Bob Fesco. 
I disagree with Ryan Wachowski and Steven Serta and Steven Spector. There are things every day on our radio show where I say we should do this, Carrington says we should do this, and Sean Levine says we should do this, and I get outvoted, and I disagree with it. It doesn't mean they should be fired. People can say things that you disagree with, and we can respectfully disagree on a situation, especially like this, where it's very complicated, and there are a lot of different viewpoints I can understand if you have. So we got to stop with the calling for jobs every time we disagree with something. If somebody does something reprehensible, they should lose their job as a result of that. If somebody does something that is fire-worthy, they should lose their job. But what the star did with their editorial board is what an editorial board is for. They had a strong opinion. They wanted to say something that they felt like hadn't been said in the public, specifically in the media, and so they said it. I disagree with it. I promise you, though, there are a lot of people out there that agree with it because I've heard it specifically. There are people that believe exactly what the Kansas City Star said in this editorial, and that's fine. It's okay for people to disagree, especially on this subject. If you think Tyreek Hill's innocent, by all means, God bless you. You can put that out there. If you think Tyreek Hill did it in 2014 and he's lying on this tape, I can't say you're wrong because I don't know. But we got to stop with this. This new thing of everybody's got to get fired immediately. It's got to stop. Somebody on the text line says everybody disagrees with Ron. That's fair. I like I like Ron, Ron, Ron Hughley. He's been nothing but good to me since I've gotten here at Kansas in Kansas City. And one other person says, I didn't see you standing up for the other station. Listen, I'm not saying that. What he said was reprehensible. I understand what happened there. I didn't think it was going to go down that way. I'm not standing up for that. I'm talking about something entirely different. Sometimes people do reprehensible things that ultimately lose you their your job. That should happen sometimes. What? The Kansas City Star said was not reprehensible. It was something I disagreed with, but it's not reprehensible. There are differences here. Like they, I want to, I want to clarify here because if if I said that and people took it that way, that is my fault as a communicator for saying that. I don't agree with what Kevin Keatsman said, and I don't think that they were wrong in firing him. I'm simply saying. The way the KCTV5 handled it, the Stars editorial board specifically, I totally understand if you disagree with it. I'm not comfortable in saying that people should be fired for writing this editorial. I'm not comfortable in saying that because that they I disagree with the approach the KCTV5 took, it's a fireable offense. Maybe you do. That's perfectly fine. I just think sometimes we go a little bit too far in this. Coming up next, Bubba Starling should be celebrated for what happened last night. It was an unbelievable scene. And I can personally connect with it a little bit. We'll discuss it next. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. The leadoff with Brandon Kylie, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. Kramer helping us out on the other side of the glass. We'll pass things over to Out of Bounds, Nick Price and Dusty Likens here in just about 10 minutes or so. If you guys would like to get involved in the show, the Protein House Eat with the Purpose text line. Is 69306. You can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at BK Sports Talk as well. Last night, I know a lot of you guys went out to the game because there was 4,000 walk-up tickets sold. It's the most of any game this season. 
And they were doing so, obviously, for the debut of Bubba Starling. Here's what it sounded like right here on 610 Sports Radio. Digs in, and now the 3-1 pitch. He walked in, so his first big league at bat results in a walk. You get out there and you look up and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm playing center field for the Kansas City Royals. So very, very special. It's stuff you dream about, and I'll cherish this the rest of my life. That was an unbelievable moment. It was cooler than I even expected. I thought it would be pretty cool. You know, Bubba Starling making his debut for the hometown team. It's a cool moment, but it happened probably five years after a lot of us anticipated. So it lost a little bit of its luster. It lost a little bit of the shine after it took him as long as it did to get to the big leagues. But that was looking at it through the radio producer, radio host lens. That was looking at it through the perspective of what does this mean for the Royals in the long term? And that was the wrong way to look at it. I admit that. I readily admit that now. The way to look at this for yesterday was how incredible of a moment this was specifically for Bubba Starling, specifically for Gardner, specifically for fans of the team that have been waiting for so long to be able to see this guy play for the Royals. That's the way we should have looked at this. And I have a little bit of a personal connection with this story because I graduated from high school the same year that Bubba Starling ended up drafted by the Royals. And so from a timeline perspective, it's very similar in that my dream from the time when I was 15, 16 years old was to be able to host radio here in Kansas City. That was my dream. And it took a little longer than I anticipated. There were jobs that I was up for that I ultimately got passed over. And that's fine. Um, I ended up going to Mizzou. I spent another year after I graduated out at Mizzou working at the ESPN affiliate out there. I took a detour with my girlfriend, ended up staying for a couple of years in St. Louis. And finally, after eight years of waiting, finally I got my dream job here in Kansas City. Thank you, thank you, Kramer, with this nice little golf clap. I appreciate that. This is not to pat myself on the back, but it is the way that I related with this, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have a similar experience of it took a little longer than I anticipated, but the moment that I hosted here on this station, it was incredible, and it lived up to every expectation that I could have possibly had. That was last night for Bubba Starling. Bubba Starling took longer than he expected to be able to get to the place where he wanted to go, but ultimately, he got there. Imagine that you, I think, like, radio to, to sports is a very difficult, professional sports, a very difficult comparison. Because they're so incredibly different. But imagine you started a band when you were in high school. I think that's the closest comparison. Just because of how difficult it is to break into becoming like a true band. Like a, a band that you're not working the, the small gigs anymore. You're now be able to sell out a legitimate venue. Imagine how difficult that would be. But your dream's always been to be in this band that sells out venues. And it takes 10 years, but ultimately you're able to do it. Imagine what that first concert would be like, where you sell out the Midland Theater, or you sell out the Riot Room, whatever it may be, right? Like a mid-sized, important venue here in Kansas City, and you do it in your hometown, and that's the first place you were able to do it. Imagine how impactful that would be for you, how much that would mean to you. That's what it was for Bubba Starling last night. And so I was wrong in the way that I was characterizing it. I went into what, what, what can we expect from Bubba Starling moving forward 
and what is Bubba going to be for the Royals and what does this mean and why it wasn't as big of a deal as a lot of people made it out to be. No, it was. It was as big of a deal as everybody made it out to be. 4,000 people walked up. It was an unbelievable night for Bubba. It was an incredible night for the Royals. Moving forward, what does it mean? I don't know. I don't think Bubba's going to be a great baseball player in the bigs. But that wasn't what last night was about. Last night was about a culmination of eight years of unbelievably difficult work. Going to cities none of us would want to be in. On a bus that maybe doesn't have the greatest air conditioning. With players that he's like, man, none of these dudes are ever going to make it to the big leagues. And I might be just in that same spot here pretty soon. And I'm sure over the course of the time when he had all the injuries, he wanted to say, I don't want to do this anymore. I can go get a nine to five. I can make decent money and I'll move forward with my life. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm sure there were moments when he said that, but he stuck with it. He's 26 years old, found a way to make it to the bigs. That's an unbelievable accomplishment, and he should be celebrated for that. The same way Kyle Zimmer was celebrated earlier this year for being able to stick with it and ultimately making it into the big leagues, Bubba should be celebrated even more because of the way that he did it, the way that he came up, and the fact that he did it in his hometown city. It was it was a really cool scene yesterday out at the K. I want to finish things off with a... A story from Mike Vrabel on a podcast with Taylor Luan, the Titans offensive tackle. He really wants a Super Bowl. And I've got a question that I want to ask you guys on the other side because I don't understand one thing about this particular statement. Here's Mike Vrabel talking with his offensive lineman on his offensive lineman's podcast about how much he wants to win a Super Bowl as a coach for the Titans. Matt Neely said he would cut off his d- for, for a Super Bowl. For, for a Uno Super Bowl. And I, I said, and I have no problem saying no, I wouldn't do that. Would you cut your dick off for a Super Bowl? Oh, been it's, married 20 years. Yeah, probably. You've got three. <clears throat> As a player. I guess we'll be married for 20 years one day. Would you, would, if, if you, 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 you came home, won't need it. If you came yeah. home holding a bag of ice and Jen was like, oh, honey, what'd you do? She'd be like, I thought you already got fixed. I, I made the ultimate sacrifice. I had to cut my dick off, honey. We're going to win a Super Bowl. She'd be like, eh. All right. I, she, or would she it, be upset? She'd probably be on board. She would be like, do you want me to do it? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do it now? Do you want to do it now? I made the ultimate sacrifice. She's like warming up a knife in the fire, like yeah. getting ready to go. All right, I don't understand one thing. Why do we feel the need to inflict bodily harm to prove how much of a fan we are? I don't understand. I feel like I'm missing something. So the place that we have to go to now is that the head coach of the team has to say that he's willing to cut off his, you know, in order for him to prove to us how much he cares about the fact that he's going to win? I don't understand. Yesterday, we were hosting, or I I had uh, Jay Binkley and Sean Levine. They were talking about, would you cut off your pinky finger? Would you cut off your your pinky toe in order to, if, if that meant that the Chiefs would be guaranteed to win a Super Bowl? What? No, of course not. Of course not. Kramer, you're with me on this, right? We don't need to be cutting off pinky fingers and pinky toes and getting tattoos. and That's fine. If you, if you want to do that, that's fine. But I don't need to prove how much of a fan I am by inflicting bodily harm on myself. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, a tattoo's different because, I mean, I have one already. But sure. still, it's like, I mean, I'm not going to. 
cut myself or anything like that. You're a Blues fan. I, I'm assuming based yes. on the oh, facts. Yeah, yeah. I got a hat and a sweater on. <laughs> Kramer's got the full getup on this morning of the hat, the, the 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 hoodie, and I'm pretty sure you got the underwear on today. You wouldn't have given that up. You wouldn't have given up your pinky for for a Stanley Cup, right? No. No. no, we don't need this. Nick Price, you're not giving up a pinky for the Chiefs to win a Super Bowl, right? We can all agree on this. I don't understand. I don't know where this came from. We're getting this from the text line, 69306, the protein LT with a purpose text line. If it was guaranteed, I would absolutely ditch a toe. Why? Why? You've got Patrick Mahomes. It's not a guarantee, but it's damn near close. You're going to win a Super Bowl. You don't need to do this anymore. Now, if your quarterback was like Elvis Gerback and you felt like he was going to be the quarterback for the next 10 years, all right, I guess I can understand that. Your quarterback's Patrick Mahomes. You don't have to lose your fingers or your toes to be able to be guaranteed or at least the likelihood of the Chiefs winning a Super Bowl. We don't have to do this anymore, guys. And you don't have to, to prove to me how much of a fan you are, you don't have to go to that degree. You don't have to get to the point where you say to yourself, you know what? People don't respect how much of a fan I am. I've got to give up a pinky and a pinky toe. What? Somebody else from the text line, 69306 from the 816. I would absolutely give up a pinky and a pinky toe for a Super Bowl. For sure, I would 100% do it. What are we doing? What are we doing here? Do you guys understand how important it is to be able to have your pinky, if you have your pinky or a pinky toe? You need that for balance, man. It helps. It's really nice to have your pinky toe. You know when you realize that you need your pinky toe? When you don't have it anymore. I'd cut my pinky off. My wife would quit. I... He needs to cut off Mariota if he wants to win a Super Bowl. Now that, that, that seems fair. I don't understand this, man. I feel like I'm missing something. I could be wrong. <laughs> I just don't understand. Maybe there's something here that I just don't understand. And that's perfectly fine. There's a lot that I don't understand. If you missed any of the show, you can check it out on the podcast page. 610sports.com is the place to do it. We talked a lot of Tyreek Hill this morning. We talked Patrick Mahomes and why I think he's going to win three MVPs over the course of his career. And we talked to David Lesky as well. All of that going to be up on the 610 Sports podcast page shortly. Coming up next, it is out of bounds. We got Dusty Likens. We got Nick Price. They got plenty coming up for you guys this afternoon. They're coming up shortly. For Kramer, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's been the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.